Welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. I'm Meredith Fogel, along with my co-host, Valerie Vernon. And we have a special guest today that we will interview in a sec interview that we will introduce. I know, I was thinking what was the word. In a second. Already my first edit. Okay. (laughs) And what we're going to be talking about today is the top 10 questions and answers that all new agents need to know. Thank you for listening. Just a reminder, please, please, please leave us a review, a rating. We are so appreciative. Um, We're going to start with a review of episode 15, which was how to win in a seller's market. We had some really great feedback, including from our loyal listener, Diana, who I know is listening today. (laughs) And she said this, I had just finished listening to your most recent podcast on tips for the buyer's agent. It was a fantastic wealth of information presented in a fun, engaging way. They are timely too, as we are now in full gear searching for our dream homes. How cool is this? This is somebody who is not even a real estate agent who is listening to us. So we are incredibly appreciative. Diana, thank you so much for your feedback. Do us a favor. When you leave us feedback like this, and Diana actually emailed this to us, which you are welcome to do, but go on and do this as a review on um, Apple Podcasts, if you would, as well. And if you do go on Apple Podcasts or any other review site, you know it's anonymous. So leave us your name so we can thank you personally, or send us that same feedback via email so we can thank you and give you a shout out on our show. So Diana, thank you, thank you, thank you. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We are being interviewed this time by Josh, who is sitting here with us, our special guest. And Josh is training to be a real estate agent. So he's going to be asking us his questions, which happen to be many of the same questions new agents or people thinking about becoming agents often ask. Josh, first, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Of course. And Josh, why don't you introduce yourself? Just give us a brief little background on who you are and what you're what you're up to. Sure. So I'm Josh. I'm currently training under Meredith to become a real estate agent, and I will be taking the licensing course uh, pretty soon. And I'm really excited about starting my career in real estate. Awesome. Josh is a brave soul. Josh is a brave soul. (laughs) To go with two old ladies from real estate. (laughs) Josh actually will be, I'm not going to disclose his age, but he will be one of the youngest licensees that I've actually ever known which I was saying to him is amazing because in 10 years when he's like still super young and people are like, well, how long have you been been doing this? Are you new? He'll be like, no, actually I've been doing this for 10 years. He'll have a hell of a, can I say hell? (laughs) Hell of a sphere of influence in 10 years, which is And you know what I was just telling him? Total tangential topic here. But there was a podcast I was listening to about economic forecast this morning. And it was saying that the 20 to 25 year old cohort is going to be 50% 50% of the housing market within the next five years. So he's like, they're people, right? Like those right. people are going to want to, they're not going to want to work with us. They're going to want to work with somebody. Who's I know. Age, so. We're going to be ancient. Yeah, we oh. are going to be ancient. They're, we're going to say, we're going to use the word experienced. We're exactly. Very, but we'll still expert. have the same picture. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, my picture from yes, the 80s. We'll so I'll just ambush them being super old when I get there. But <laughs> they will recognize Deal you with it. It's all good. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we're going to start with a quote like we always do. And this is from another one from Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I love this one. It says, one must realize that all who accumulated great fortunes first did a certain amount of dreaming, hoping, wishing, desiring, and planning 
before they acquired money. Our hope for you is that this episode will help you plan as you get some of the answers you need and as you continue to dream, hope, desire, and above all, focus on being an an exceptional real estate agent. All right, now with all that out of the way, we are ready to really start this show. So Josh, fire away. What are you most interested in finding out from us? Okay, so for the first question that I have for you two is how much will it cost to get started in the real estate business? Yeah, everybody asks mm-hmm. this question, I right? Know. Right? And it probably depends on where you are, right. but there are some kind of basic fees that you're going to have to be prepared to pay up front. And for agents who are thinking about getting into it, you have to invest a little bit before you can expect to make money in real estate for a couple of reasons. One, of course, real estate is kind of a deferred reward career. Right. So you don't get paid first. You get paid after you've already done the job. And because you do have to bring a little bit of money to the table to get started within reason. You almost so, have to prepare ahead and have a little bit of a kitty. Yes. So you don't have that pressure of getting your first paycheck. Exactly. Because then you're desperate and that doesn't work. Yeah. All right. So Josh, here's what you need to plan for. So association dues first, right? Yeah. So National Association of Realtors, your local organizations, those things, usually your local organization will collect for National Association of Realtors. But those do, so ours is GCAR, Greater Capital Area Association of Realtors, it's a lot of money. It's like 700 and something a year. Do you think between all our dues is like 3,000? Probably between that's what two I and 3,000. Yeah, I think that's about right. So there's that, there's lockbox access. So you gotta have to get your, we use CentraCard here. So right. your CentraKey um, and your app and login information. You'll have licensing dues, DLLR. Right. They charge you to get your license. license. And then you'll also have your MLS dues. So we have Bright MLS here. They charge us quarterly and you have to pay to be a Bright member and to have access to MLS information. Right. So yes, I think between all of those things, you're about between two and three thousand dollars. So and start then I see little batches <laughs> of like business cards and I wouldn't worry about right. And when you join my team, I get you your first little batch of you know, you're showing business cards until right. you get your real headshot that you want to stick with and then you kind of design your own and get whatever you want. Um, is that kind of what you're expecting or is that different? It's a bit different, but yeah, you think it was higher than you expected? It's actually lower than what I Lower? Oh, yeah, that's good. All right, good Because it's like 3000 yearly. That's what I what I always tell people. So, But if you think about it, if you do a few rentals, if you do one incredible sale, you're done. Like, yep. you've paid it off and everything else is clear, which is kind of nice. Yep. All right, next question. What you got? Okay, so after discussing how much, how much you have to put in, how long will it take to actually start making money? That is such a good question, and it really depends on how quickly you get into productive action. Productive action means lead generation, right? And lead generation and lead conversion, as we just talked about before we we were doing the podcast, we were doing a training, lead conversion into actual transactions. So how much you get out there and make yourself visible and expose yourself to your potential client base is really going to determine how quickly you start making money. You got to make phone calls. You got to hold open houses. Use geographic farming systems, and we'll teach you about that in upcoming episodes. Um, and then you want to also make sure you're getting leads from another source, whether it's team, your team rainmaker that you've you know joined, or if you're doing an online lead generation. And don't do that lightly, people out there. Do your research before you start paying for online leads. Yeah, and I feel like I guess as a rookie, you just have to hit the pavement. What we don't want to do, you should probably do. 
happy <laughs> because it's all like, again, you know, me and my karma, but getting dressed, showing a rental, you might only make $600, but you're getting your stick on. Yes. You're, you know, you're kind of, pro- yeah, I don't know, projecting that you know what you're doing, what to say, when to say it, how they respond to what you're saying. So even though you're only making, let's say, $800, it's really training for you and you're being paid for it. And it's something somebody else didn't want to do. So I always did my rentals right away and they give you like a stepping stone that, oh my God, I'm killing it. They like me. And, you know, it's a big, because we don't go to an office where you get like feedback a lot. It's nice to get it from your clients. Like, oh my God, I'm super happy. Thank you for finding me that place. Yeah, that is your office. When you're out there showing houses, that's that's your office. And open houses, Valerie always says that's her Sunday Sunday office. Day at the office. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. All right. Well, time-wise, I would say... Oh, yeah. You should have at least three months with no no expectations. Yeah. Because if you have it, I feel if you, if you, you know, I think young people call it you're thirsty, <laughs> that you want it too much. And then it doesn't happen. Is that like when you're salty, you're up, you get thirsty? Yeah, yeah. Hannah teaches me all these words. <laughs> so she's like, if you're thirsty, it's like you're trying too hard. So if you could just be more exuding, like I have one pitiful rental, but I'm showing it like it's a million dollar house. That's why. Yeah. So yes. I feel you need to give yourself three months of cushion where you're not desperate equals it looks bad. It does. And people can feel it. They so it's bad. It's so true. Yeah. Actually, yeah. our broker, Chris McMahon, always says plan what you do now leads to income six to nine months down the road. Oh, he says so that. So he says well. that far. Okay. I yeah. think we're a little shorter than that, but right. that, that's what he tells people. Plus save it. Like Meredith does the same, but I don't do any vacations or extravagant thing till the end of the year. Right. Because you never know. You might be killing it through May and then June and July, you know, because we're so, yeah. it's a cycle, yeah. you know? Yeah. So keep, keep your, keep a little messy yeah. all the time. All right. Next question. Okay. So my next question for you is, should I join a team as a new real estate agent? I'll let you answer that. You yes. And I have to say, I always joke that some people don't want to join a team because then you have to split a little bit of your commission. But that's so like short-sighted because I feel I've always said when you're new, 100% of zero, it's zero. So if you're not doing anything, guess what? You're getting 100% of nothing. But in a team, you're learning. Then you can step out and do whatever you want. But also for me, socially, I need that interaction of I had a great interaction with someone and I want to share it with Meredith. If not, I wouldn't have anybody to share with. Or I have a horrible interaction. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what should I do? So I feel the team gives you that little structure if you don't want to be totally flailing in the wind by yourself. <laughs> so I would say, yeah. yes, definitely team. Yeah, I, real estate can definitely be like kind of lonely, about, like, like kind of isolated, kind of yes. lonely. So it's really nice to have that that built in. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I always say like Valerie would be like, "Well, what does Meredith do? Like, what would Meredith do? Like, oh yeah, what? I'm like the WWBD. What would Valerie do? <laughs> She'll send me a tag saying WWBD. What would Valerie do? <laughs> always bouncing those things off. The other thing is the team gives you some built-in credibility. Yeah. So when you go to people and you know they say, "Well, how long have you been doing this?" You could say, "Well, this is my first year, but my team's been doing." this for 25 plus and years. I wouldn't even say this is my first year you know I would I would literally say my team has been oh, a neighborhood whatever yeah. dominant group for 20 years yeah. like I'm always saying oh we sold hundreds of thousands yeah I mean, yeah I always because I'm not lying I'm part of your team for 10 years so that's part I'm not saying I specifically you yeah know? yeah and you can also advertise team successes right so we love that you're advertising our listings our sales our rentals you know our statistics all of that so you can claim all of those for your own because again, right. you are part of it. All right. Did that answer that? Yes, it did. All right. What's your next one? Okay. So my next question is, should I pay companies to post on social media? 
for me create a website or just for leads? No. no. On social media, first of I all, know. I will say a strong no on that one. I cannot stand it when I see people doing those cookie cutter It's posts. so canned. It's always like, which bathroom do you look better? This one or A or B? It's or, a turn off. What do you think? Don't you think so? Or a recipe when they send me an yes. apple pie recipe. Oh, I'm screaming. Don't do it. Yeah. And it's because, one, it's like, it's very just. It it's not personal. Right. It doesn't show your personality yeah. at all. It's very raw. And in this day and age, if we can do it with all the Canva and you can totally do it. Yes. You know what I mean? You guys using Instagram and using all those features. And it's cool. Like I was telling Meredith, like you go back to her Instagram or my Instagram and you can tell it's Meredith or me. Like yeah, I'm like, like bright colors, lives. crazy, like funny stuff. She's more like on point, you know what I mean? But it's me. Like people see it and they know it's me. Yeah. Like you're branding yourself through Correct. social media. Don't let somebody else brand you. Um, and then for leads. So generally we say no to this question if you're paying oh, for yeah. leads. But in this case, I'm going to actually say it depends. And here's what it depends on. One, the lead source. Is it actually a valid lead source that is going to give you real buyers or sellers who want to transact with you? Two, the cost, right? So it can be really expensive to pay for leads. So if you have a program, like we have a program here where you can buy into our Zillow program if you want to. And so we like kind of split the cost of it for a certain percentage of leads at a higher split to us. But it's going to be really dependent on, on how much you want to invest and how much time because you have to be available to pick up that phone at the drop of a hat. If you ever put your phone over there for a second and a Zillow lead calls and you miss it, that's a huge opportunity down the drain. Not only that, but you just wasted the money that you just paid into it. So you have to be ready to pick up the phone at all hours, respond, jump and show houses right away. So your availability is part of it. And then your training and scripts is another piece of it. So you really have to have fabulous mastery of the scripts that convert those online and Zillow leads into clients and transactions, which we do teach here, but you've got to be really able to use them, to feel comfortable with them and to do it on the fly if you're going to convert those leads. Yeah, so it depends what kind of salesperson you end up being. Like if you're more of a transactional person that can take anybody that doesn't know you and read a script and catch them, which a lot of people have that gift. I'm more of a, I have to, like I told you, I have to bond with the person and then say, you know, get the sale or get the purchase or whatever. Yeah. So it depends. And again, in a weird kind of way, I do have my scripts, but they're my own crazy scripts. You know what I mean? Like I don't have like. Right. You're not reading from a script. Correct. I'm not reading for the script, but if you saw every open house I do, it's, I do have a script. Yeah. Like you live around here. You you know, it works for you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you do want to make the scripture. So you fine tune it. Right. But I would say off the bat team for leads not pay yeah. to begin with right. because you're not going to be making any money and then putting money out right and that should always be if you are going to do that that has yes. to be a supplemental like tertiary lead source Correct. because you don't want to hamstring your ability to generate your own leads that's what the key is to being a real real estate agent is lead generation if you can't do that and if you're getting leads fed to you and you're so busy with those you can't do it any other way you'll never learn to stand alone in this business so what about a website? Do you think you need a website when you get started? You know what I did? I feel for me, like people don't find me. Well, actually, now they do after 10 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. But uh, in the beginning, they don't find me through the website. You don't have enough hits. You don't have enough of whatever they call it in the world that of hits that you come up on a search. Right. So I only did it so if people were like, hey, who's this Valerie person? And they go to Valerie, a Valerie or whatever. Then it pops up mm-hmm. and they don't even read it. They're like, oh, okay, that's fine. She's legit. She has a website. Right. So I had a very basic GoDaddy has it for a year with whatever you're... So that I would say, yes. 
having yeah. a super duper website, I think that's your main. Yeah, I think until you have someone who's down the road looking for you, you don't really need a website. Correct. Like as you're training, growing, whatever. But when you know you're about to get your first client, they will look for you online. Yes. You do need to have a website with just a landing page with Correct. And then when you get to the point that you're like really making money and you've got a lot more resources that you want to have on that website, you want to have like IDX, which is the ability Correct. for people to search on your website for houses, which can drive leads to you. Then you want to start paying for a professionally designed website. But this is where I will say, and you'll hear me say this again, lead with revenue on things like this. Don't put money and time into it. Because remember, your time has value as well. Don't do it until you start making money. And then when it makes sense to invest back in, that's when you call somebody to professionally design it for you. And I do have to say, people waste so much time working on those websites. And it generates no income. But you feel like you're moving and doing something. Guess what? You haven't made one penny. So I'm always like... Get off the computer and go meet someone. <laughs> and then when you sell a house, go back and spend two hours. Now you have reason to have a website. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Next question. Okay. So what are some tips or techniques that you have developed to gain exposure? Well, the first thing I will say is, as Valerie said, get out there and meet people. Tell everybody you know that you are getting your real estate license. That is so important. Make them your cheerleaders. Get them invested into your licensure and success. And those will be the first people who will both engage with you when they want to do business or send people their way. They'll tell everybody, they don't, oh my gosh, did you see Josh has just got his license? And then, oh, that person's looking for a house. You got to go talk to Josh. Those are going to be the people that are going to be your kind of initial sphere that's going to lead you to do transactions. And then when you pass your pre-licensing course, tell them. When you pass your, when you sign up for your state exam, tell them. When you pass your state exam, tell them. When you get affiliated with a broker, tell them. When you get your first sale, your first rental, your first listing, when the team does, tell them again, tell them again, tell them again. So this is how you become visible, right? Is by letting people know what you're doing. And then they'll start talking about you. Like, oh my gosh, did you see Joshua? He's killing it. He just got licensed and he's already doing this and this and this. Let them begin to be the PR machine for you. And that's one way that you're going to gain exposure. You also want to use social media to highlight your unique value. And Josh and I, again, we're just talking about this when we were doing our training before the podcast started. So figuring out what your unique value is and connecting with people through your social media and your sphere of influence on that kind of ground of what is that unique value that you offer. Did you figure out your unique value? That seems like a deep question. We actually, and you know what? That, that's actually the next what question. I would have to, what, is, what is it? Um, so I'm majoring in economics. So we've agreed that me putting in some economic knowledge or having economic knowledge would make me unique from the competition. Yes. That's good. Because yes. I would have said also that you're a local person. I said that too. Yep. That was one of the things. So that would be a hook. Like I've lived here my whole life. I was born here. Like I love when Todd Greenbaum, he's like, I went to QO. Yes. You know what I mean? So then that's how people, again, that's that emotional of, oh my God, he grew up here. He knows the area. You know what I mean? And then you hit him with, and I'm good at, oh my God, you can afford this house or this, or it's worth it to rent this one and then buy something else, you know? Exactly. That's exactly what we talked about. Having that local knowledge is going to be so important. I said, even like little things like knowing how long it takes to get to Bethesda at nine in the morning versus one in the afternoon, you know, like little things like that, that give you this intimate knowledge that you can then articulate, make people feel so much more comfortable working with you. Yeah. Because it's funny because my, sometimes my hook is like, Oh, I've lived everywhere that. So I'm like, I've bought, you know, I've been in seven States, seven houses. So I go, I bought and sold houses all the time. So I feel your pain. Yeah. I suppose. So you can spin anything, whatever's your thing. Yeah. 
And again, yeah. you're going to click with some people and not with others, but you have to be true to your thing. Yeah. Can't I lie. also said because he's going to be like in that same age group as all of these people who are supposedly going to be entering right. the market as first time home buyers. If he's a first time home buyer, they'll he'll have that in common. He'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm going through the same thing. Or here's what I looked, or did you think about that? Right. So any way that you can kind of like relate to people, that becomes your unique value. The other things you can do to gain exposure are holding open houses for other agents. That is such a gold mine for both getting practice for yeah, your totally. scripts, interacting yes. with people, to meeting potential buyers. Like school that day, like you're yes. honing your skills. Exactly. Yeah. You might sell that listing. Is a very good chance that right. you will. You might meet sellers that way. So lots and lots of good ways to get exposure through that. You'll also have your signs out, your directional arrows with your name on them. That alone is huge. And then think about farming. So you know I'm a geo farmer, which is geographic Not real farming. Josh is like, what? No, I do have a garden, but I'm not really a farmer. But I am a geographic farmer. So getting yourself out into your neighborhood, and we're going to talk about this way more. We have a whole series coming on this. But geographic farming is a huge way of getting out there. And again, instant commonality because you have so much in common with the people that you are working with in that geographic farm. You probably live there. All right. Next question. Okay. So we've already kind of talked about this, but what is the best way to differentiate, differentiate yourself? So we talked about your unique value. We kind of covered that one, but this is another one that I love. So this is what we call the law of contrast. And this is figuring out what is the thing that only you will or can do? So we talked about the fact when we were doing our training before, when I was a brand new agent, if people would come in and be like, well, you know, how many houses have you sold or how long have you been doing this? I would kind of skirt the question a little bit, but I would say, you see the passion I have for this right now. I'd say, I will work harder for you than any other agent out there. And people would go, you know what? Your energy just impressed us so much. And I made mental note of it at the time. And I was like, I've got to continue to hold that energy through my whole career. Luckily I have, because I actually do love what I do so much, but that kind of like excitement for every new transaction. That's why it has to be like real. Because if you're going to fake it, people can tell. So it's got to be exciting, Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh my God, I live in this area. I'm going to find exactly the neighborhood you need. Yes. Once you tell me what you need, I know exactly where you, you know. Right. Even things like as a buyer's agent, if someone's looking in a particular neighborhood for a particular house and you are willing to either door knock, walk the neighborhood, deliver letters, those are things other agents won't do, right? So if you're like, I'm the only agent who is going to do a letter campaign of 250 houses that might be the right fit for you, of course they're going to work with you. So there's so much more that you can bring to the table. And then what does your team or brokerage do that your competition can't or won't do? So things that you can rely on in terms of like, results, statistics, look back at our data and see, well, we will sell your house for, you know, 99.9% of list price. Sell your house faster. We'll sell your house within your time frame. Whatever it is, we offer boutique services. So differentiate yourself that way. You could also find a new technique to bring to the market, whether it's, you know, some kind of new technology that we don't even know about yet. You're the first person who's testing it or beta testing it. Those things are exciting to people. And then the other thing you could do is farm, which we talked about, or find a niche. So there are people who have different niche markets like equestrian markets or people who love dogs or people who do just... Yeah, how about that lady that years. just catered to divorce lawyers? Or that. Remember that? Right. She was yes. killing it, but right. it was a special... Yeah. Sad Yeah. Right. But that, but that is a place. So if you think of like, and it has to be something that you really enjoy and love too. So if there's something that appeals to you, maybe it's first time home buyers, whatever it is, that's, that can be a differentiator as well. 
You can also consider a professional designation, and we'll talk about that in a future episode, but that's another way to tap into a niche market and to demonstrate your value. They're inexpensive to get, which is nice. I remember right. when I wasn't that busy at the beginning, I did the staging and look how that yes. has paid in space. So Great show. Does that answer your question? Yes, it did. All Thank right. You. Yeah. So for our next question, it is, how should I choose a broker? This is a complex question, and I think one of the best ways, if you don't already have a broker in mind, Ask around, ask other agents. So find some agents that you know and like and find out where they work. Right, if they're happy where they work. Yeah, because the culture of the office has a lot to do with your success. And, you know, you want to be around success. You want to be around positivity. You want to be around collaboration. You don't want to be in an office where you go in and everybody's turning their papers upside down because nobody wants you to see what they're working on or they won't talk to you because you're new. Like, that's awful. You don't want to be in that kind of a situation. It's like clicks in school. Like, you'll go to one group or club or whatever and you're like, oh, those people were just like me or, oh my God, those people I can never. So same thing. You get that vibe of where you want to be. But again, I mean, we have great training, but training is super important yeah. to keep on top of. But like any new rules, like rules are so important in real estate. So, so a broker that will keep, it's not that big that they don't care because then you're the one that's going to be liable if you don't, you know. So training for sure, training I would say, especially huge. as a new agent. Yes. There are also some social media groups. If people out there listening don't have, you know, people that they know who are already in the business, there's one called Real Estate Mastermind. And if you ask, does anybody know about this brokerage? Does anybody know about that brokerage? They're pretty candid about their take and uh, opinions on different brokerage types. Interview several. You want to see who you click with. Your office manager is going to be a big resource and connection for you when you begin your career. So you want to make sure that person is welcoming on the same page you are, kind of has the same vibe you are, is willing to give you the support you need is available. One of those things on Real Estate Mastermind I see all the time is people going, I may have to change brokerages because I needed my broker at 9.30 at night or 10 o'clock at night and they don't work, uh, you know, they work banker's hours or whatever. And there are people that are going, well, what do you expect? And there are people going, change brokerages. You need somebody who's more supportive than that. And if the split is your number one priority, so I see this all the time. People go, well, what's the split? What's the split? What's the split? Like Valerie said, 100% of zero is zero. So if that is your priority, you are in the wrong business. The best broker is the one who's going to give you the best training, the best support, and the best ability to help you generate leads or help generate leads for you to get you off to quick success. All right, next question. What's the best way to deal with difficult clients or other agents? Man, that's a tough one. We could talk about this all day. And I know, so we're going to go long on this episode for people listening, but this is so good. I think we have to keep talking. First of all, I would say know your value, right? Be confident in yourself. Know what you bring to the table. Know that you've been well-trained. And then another one, this is my my very first beloved office manager that I just was so impressed by. She always used to go, don't work with jerks. You don't have to work with jerks, right? Like we get to a point who we work with. And Valerie, you're, you're very particular. Which is hard when you're new. When you're new, I would try anybody, but once they cross the line as they're either not respectful or they don't, you know what I mean? I feel because license, uh, real estate license is easy to get. Sometimes you don't get the respect you should, but once you open your mouth and you give them, you know, all the information you have. So I would say be yourself and be blunt, mm-hmm. like be clear on who you are, what you can do for them. If that's not what works for them, again, don't work with jerks. Set them free, which is really funny because they think they have you because they want the com- you want the commission. You're like, no, the time you're wasting with that one person, you can get two other sales so and be happy as opposed yes. to being miserable with someone that's being totally, right. you know. Yeah. To and I would say for other, I think you asked about other agents when you're a new agent. <laughs> 
I was in an office with a lot of people that were could be my mother, I guess. Yeah. And they were always so rude. Even like, uh, how, where do I scan this? Where do I do? And they were so rude. And I'm very blunt. So I was always like, were you new like a hundred years ago? Like, of course you were. <laughs> I would say it as a joke, but I'm like, everybody's new at some point. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're going to be young, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I was older, but I was new to the industry. So I'm yeah. like, rude. So I, me and my karma, like if you ask me something, I'll go to the copier, I'll scan it for you, show you, I'll never have to show you again. You're smart. So it's taking the time. It's just bad karma to be rude, but there's so many around. And when you're doing a transaction with them, you have to stand your ground as opposed to having, just because they're older doesn't mean they know more than you, which was my first mistake. I had so many experienced agents and I'm like, well, they know what they're doing. They don't. They don't look at the updates. They don't look at the new paperwork. I knew so more true. because I had just done the test. So true. So you almost have to be like super like yeah. comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not aggressive, yeah. but like assertive. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so true. And I think to your point, setting expectations too right. with your clients, that's really important. If you, if you expectations set properly, yes. you're going to avoid a lot of pitfalls and a lot of people treating you in ways you don't want to be treated. All right. Next question. Okay. So what are some, op- or what are some ways to deal with the losses and the obstacles? Man, you're going to have some in this business. I mean, there's no two ways around it. You will have times that either you didn't get something, a listing that you wanted, or it's almost worse when your client doesn't get the house that they want. Meredith always wants to text. Why? Why? (laughs) I do. I do. But I think, you know, you have a great mindset. So that's a big piece of it. And then reimagine failure in a different way. I am going to share a quote from Billy Ray Cyrus right now. So that had a mullet. I didn't know. Body, so I'm not I, sure about I didn't it. know he was a philosopher. <laughs> He's actually quite philosophical. Let's see. Here's what he said. He said, every time you fail, you eliminate one way that won't work and move closer to one way that will. He and his achy breaking heart. So, <laughs> I mean, I was like, that's so good, right? So if you think of it that way, don't think of a failure as like a a pit of despair. Think of it as a position to move forward, right? As I always think of it of like, I can't believe I lived through that transaction and made it. <laughs> like, honestly, some are so crazy yeah. that I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. But you know what happens? Every time I have someone that I'm literally about to jump off a cliff, <laughs> then I get two that are like, can I buy this house cash in 10 days, whatever. Yeah. So I always say it's God's joke on me that, you know, they throw you a carrot when you're ready to really kill somebody. Yes. But it is peaks and valleys. Yes. This, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're so right. And, and knowing that, like what she just said, keep your focus on that, that if something's really difficult, something good is waiting. Right because it can't be worse. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I think. I'm like, there can't be two of this lady in the world. So my next person has to be nicer, right? Right, right. And I think and you learn, you learn, you do. Deal. You do. And to the, and, you, and you also learn that something good is waiting right there. And, you know, to that, to that end, put disappointment in your rearview mirror as quickly as you can. Be really resilient and keep your focus on your goals. As long as you keep looking ahead, that's going to help you deal with any perceived losses or obstacles really, really well. So learn, pivot, and proceed. That's what I well, always say. Well, you have to be like super cheerleader. I was thinking more like, the, remember when I called my client, like we didn't get that house? Yes. It's almost like that's a disappointment to me and to him. But at that moment, I had to be a cheerleader. I'm yeah. like, we didn't get it because they were cash. But guess what? We're going to go see this other one. Yeah. So you're always kind of like 
be one of the more positive people. You do. Yeah. Because that's what they want. They just want, I mean, buyers well, and yeah. everything's, oh my God, the doorknob doesn't work. And what, you always have to make it, you know. Well, and I think that helps us too, right? Like when you do that, you, that yes. kind of self-talk and talking to them helps you stay positive as an, as an totally. agent as well. You have yeah. to. Yes. All right. We are on question 10. Josh, okay. fire away. Okay. Well, my one. final question. What is the best advice or what's the best advice you got as a new agent, specifically what tips or techniques did you get that at first glance didn't seem very useful? Such a good question. Do you want to go first, Valerie? Yeah, I I had two different pieces. One, I didn't listen (laughs) and I listened years later and it works. So first one was you, Meredith, and you kept going, do the logo, differentiate yourself, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't need to know. You know, I'm part of the Meredith Vogel team, blah, blah, blah. And it's true. Once I did my logo, I do more business because before I was doing more of your business. Mm -hmm. So I kept fighting that. Like, and I love like graphic stuff. And I was just too busy. It's one of those things. I was too busy to sit down and do it. And I helped me actually. So that I wish I would have done sooner for sure. So I would tell anybody to go ahead and pick either a color or a design or a chair or something, a butterfly. It doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) And then the other one that someone told me was my um, hiring broker at Long and Foster. Yeah. And she said to think of real estate in little goals as opposed to, I want to make 200,000. I want to make a hundred thousand. I think I told you a story. She's like, I knew I wanted to sell a house because I wanted new windows. Right. So she's like, sell a house, get under contract, get your new windows. What's next? I think it's easier and less stressful if it was little. And then I know by December, if I sell another house, that's my vacation house, Mm -hmm. like which I'm going to go on a vacation with. So uh, for me, that's better than a whole big thing at the end of the year because it just scares me. That's a good one. Those are good. So I like biting it into little. Yeah. So that does that resonate, Josh? Does that sound yeah. like yeah. good stuff? Okay, mm-hmm. good. So mine were, and this was from my um, my mentor who was retired now. She would always say, "Just do the right things, and the money will follow." Because when I would get like all upset about like what my competition was doing and how would people hire that person, they're so horrible or whatever. I, she'd be like, don't, don't worry about that. Just focus yes. on you. You just focus on doing the right things and the success will follow. And she was so right. The other thing she said to me was give back, right? She said, give back, volunteer in the community. It's fulfilling and it will let people see what you can do and that you can be a capable leader. And she was so right about that. And I can't tell you in how many aspects of my life giving back and volunteering has uh, brought such wonderful things back, back to me. And then the other big things, and this is kind of general information, is be consistent, right? Like consistency is so key in this business. So many agents do the right thing for a very short period of time. And then they go, what happened? Where where did my leads go? It's because they stopped doing the boring things like sending postcards out or whatever, or calling their sphere of influence. That brings them results. So be consistent. And then the other big one, and this is my advice, farm. Use geographic farming. It is such a good way of being successful. And even if you use the systems and apply them to your niche or to a few different areas, the systems do work. I can't tell you how many agents I've interviewed over the years who say, if I could have done one thing a long time ago, what would it be? It was concentrate in a geographic farm. It makes such a difference. All right. So Josh, thank you so much for your questions. Thank you for having me. Josh, do you still want to be an agent? (laughs) Yeah, do you? I do. All right. So our next episode is going to be all about the power of giving back. I thought this was appropriate for Thanksgiving week 
And we're going to be talking about why it's important to give back, the ways that we give back, and the ways that giving back pays you back. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Thank you for leaving us your reviews, your ratings. As always, I have been Meredith Vogel with Valerie Harnois and Joshua Shikarju. And this is So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. See you next time. Bye. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune into our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Vogel. And Valerie Hernan. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.